Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. You've got to do this because I don't know what to do when He finds out. So there it was. It was a call to the Lord God for mercy. He said in verse 11, I want to reread it. He said in verse 11, he said, let your servant prosper this day. I pray and grant me mercy in the sight of this man. Because once he finds out that I'm going to go build up what he commanded to be shut down, he's going to kill me. So please, God, give me mercy in the sight of this man. Friends, whenever you find yourself up against an impossible situation, All you can do is pray and turn it over to the Lord. Don't stress yourself out. You're just going to take a few years off your life, gray, early, whatever. Hand it over to the Lord God. That's what he's doing. Can you see the death threat that is on him? And he's willing to go do what the Lord said anyway. God, God, I'm going to do it. But you've got to give me mercy in the sight of this guy. He's going to take me out. Okay. So he prayed confession. He, He prayed repentance. He prayed covenant just like Ezra had done. And I want to show you how Ezra did it in Ezra 9, verse 6. Ezra said, Oh my God, I am too ashamed and humiliated to lift up my face to you, my God, for our iniquities, see, he's praying on behalf of them all, our iniquities have risen higher than our heads, and our guilt has grown up to the heavens since the days of our fathers to this day. We have been very guilty. That is a prayer that God loves to hear. Stop praying to God about how wonderful you are and all the things you deserve because you're just so killer awesome. The right kind of prayer is we are guilty. We have done so wrong. That is a prayer on your knees of humility. I think we need to learn how to pray like this. Don't just pray about yourselves. We should also learn to confess not just our own sins, but it's also good to pray also on the behalf of the sins of our nation. God wants to hear from people that get it. God wants to hear from people that understand the problem. As Christians, we should understand the problem, and we should address it. We should pray it. God has to be able to send out people that recognize the problem so that things can get fixed. And Paul even instructed us to pray on behalf of others. And 1 Timothy 2, verse 1, and I use the NASB version because I like the way it's worded. He says, I urge that requests, prayers, intercession, see it? Intercession and thanksgiving be made in behalf of all people, for kings and all who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. I mean, friends, let me ask you a question. I never play politics in here because that uh, it's not my place. This is a pulpit, okay? Well, it's actually a Home Depot work table, but it's a pulpit. (laughs) 
But I don't play politics. But I want to ask you, have you ever prayed for that president that you just cannot stand? Well, I never voted for him. I never voted for that, that woman over there in that, that office. I, I, have you prayed for them? That's a tough one. We are so politically polarized, we, we, Christians can't even get along with Christians anymore if, if you're on a different party line. We've got to get out of that. We, I hear people say, I, I didn't vote for him. It's not my fault. I pray the Lord takes him down. I don't pray for the Lord to strike anybody down. I pray for the Lord to get them right and fix them up. I pray for the Lord to fix any of y'all up. I, I ask you to pray for the Lord to fix me up. I got a long way to go. Okay. <laughs> That's how we should pray. I think it's better to pray people up than to pray them down. God's word says, pray on their behalf. Intercessory prayer. Nehemiah prayed on Israel's behalf. Ezra prayed on Israel's behalf. They didn't say, but I'm not the one that did it. They prayed as a sinner for sinners. Let me give you an example. I have never been guilty of the sin of abortion. I have never pushed a girl into that. If you ever have, God offers you complete and total forgiveness. I want to put you at ease right now. I'm just telling you my story. I've never been, I've never been involved in that at all. But yet once a month for over 10 years, over 10, over a decade, every month, me and several people in this church, we went to Planned Parenthood in Houston and we confessed out in front of them, Lord God, we, we, not them, we are sinners, forgive us, we're guilty, we have sinned. We did that for over 10 years every month right outside Planned Parenthood, where people are afraid to go because they think there's always going to be fighting and protesting and stuff going on. We went right to the front line. We saw girls get out to go consider having an abortion. They talked to us. They talked to some other ministers, decided to give their life to Jesus, and chose otherwise. And now there's more lives on the world today right now because of it. We have seen that battle right there on that driveway where they turned to go in that locked gate. They kept us from going in. They, we didn't want to go in, but we stood there to confess on all of our behalf, even theirs. We didn't point at them. God knocked them down. We prayed for the Lord to knock down the, the facility, but we prayed for the people, for the people to repent and get right with God. Oh, Lord, forgive us. We prayed on their behalf, and in June of 2022, the seemingly impossible happened. Roe versus Wade got overturned after it stood since 1973. But we never stood out in front and said, Lord, they sinned. Lord, they sinned. Lord, get them. We prayed, Lord, we sinned. Forgive us our sin, our iniquity. Now, I'm not here to debate whether abortion is right or wrong. The Bible calls it like it is. I'm saying the example here is that we prayed on their behalf. So first, first Timothy says, that if you want to lead a peaceful life, if you're lacking peace in your life, here's, here's in a, good, a good equation. If you want to lead a peaceful life, then learn to pray on behalf of all people, including the ones you don't like, including those stereotype people. I just can't stand them. I hope they, I hope they die. Uh, pray for them. We're a sinner. I'm a sinner as much as anybody out there that you can find. And the Lord God saved me. What about their salvation now? Pray on behalf of all of them, including your authorities, it says. The party you don't like, the president you don't like. Pray for all of them. 
Something else we need to do is pray for God's people, Israel. That's a big one. That's one that most Christians don't even know about doing. When Nehemiah heard how bad a shape the people of Israel were in, the trouble, the bullying, the insult, the hardship, it really bothered him. And so Nehemiah didn't just pray for himself. He also prayed for Jerusalem. I want to show you a pivotal verse that we use in this church. is Psalm 122, verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. The Lord says, if you pray for Jerusalem, I will prosper you. Has Jerusalem ever been on your heart? Or is it just some little blip on the news you hear about every now and then? It's okay to pray for yourself. I'm not saying it's wrong. But for most people, that's all they do is pray just for themselves. We've got to specifically pray for the, all uh, the sins of all people. We have to specifically pray for Jerusalem, someone other than ourselves, because that's praying covenant. Praying covenant. The Lord has made a lot of specific covenant promises to the Jews, hundreds of them. So if you pray for Jerusalem, then you are praying covenant. Now, I want to draw a parallel between us and Nehemiah because here in America, we live pretty good lives of luxury. We live good. I've been all over the world. I have seen what poverty really looks like big time. And we have it here. We, I've seen it big time in other places. We've got it good here. I think I heard a statistic somewhere. If you have a bank account with any money in it whatsoever, you are the in the top 10% richest people on planet Earth. Isn't that amazing? So has Israel ever been on your heart? Has Jerusalem ever really been on your heart enough to pray for them? I hope that after today it is. We live good here. We don't have foreign rockets being fired at us from outside our borders like Israel does. You see, Israel today, they're still facing the same disgrace and the same insult and the same bullying that they were suffering in Nehemiah's day. Are you praying for them? Are you praying covenant? That's where God signed his name, guys. You you love God? I want to be like Jesus. Take a notice where he signed his name. That ought to register in you somewhere in your faith, right? Pray covenant. They're being bullied. In fact, you can get an app that alerts your phone every time an enemy fires on Israel. I can't remember the name of it. I think it's called Red Alert or something like that. It's an app. Every time somebody fires on, on Israel, it will let you know. There's been times when I got alerted so much that I had to turn the app off. It was going off every few minutes because somebody was firing rockets at Israel. So are you praying covenant with the Lord? Are you praying for the peace of Jerusalem? Are you praying that proves you get it. I'm trying to help us get it, what the problem is out there. Are you praying in a way that proves that you understand the problem, that not only are you a sinner that needs to confess, but also to confess the sins of others? You know, today, the majority of the people in Israel, they reject Jesus as the Messiah. Now, I could say, I'm not the one that's doing this. That's on them. I'm not guilty of that. But that doesn't stop me from confessing on their behalf. Because Jerusalem is where Jesus' throne is going to be on Mount Zion. So if I want to see Jesus sitting on the throne of David there in Jerusalem someday, then I have to pray covenant. I have to pray covenant. It means I have to pray on Jerusalem's behalf. My prayers cannot be just about me. So like Nehemiah, we cannot be consumed so much by our own little life of luxury. Nehemiah was willing to abandon his, own, his old life 
even though that meant the death penalty for him. So I want us to understand that getting saved by Jesus also, that comes with a death penalty also. Did you know that? Getting saved by Jesus means you got to die. And some people ain't willing to do that. Galatians 2 verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So friends, when you give your life to the Lord, you die. When you give your life to the Lord, you're gone. So just like Nehemiah was ready to leave his old life to serve the Lord, you got to be willing to leave your old life being saved by Jesus Christ. And oftentimes, when I present the gospel to some people, I don't know if you've ever presented the gospel to people before, they don't want it. You ever notice they don't want it? They don't like the sound of it. And I think that's because they sense that it requires the death of their old life. You ever seen that? You try to tell them to come to Jesus. Well, I'm not ready. I don't want to. My party life is too good. I'm having too much fun. I got to quit a lot of things. I, I don't want it. They, they sense the death that's ahead of them if they take this. But friends, this is why we need to learn how to pray covenant. If we are going to lead people into the death of their old life to follow Jesus, then we need to learn how to call upon the promises that God has given us. Lord, you said if we do this, then you'll do that. Lord, if I give my life to you, then you said you'd do something about it. See, you need to learn how to pray covenant. Let me show you a covenant promise that you can call on to help people when they're considering believing in Jesus because it comes with their own crucifixion. Okay? They don't like that death sound. I've got to give up my life. I've got to walk away from it. Here's a promise. You can pray covenant when you're leading people to Jesus. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, y'all read this on the TV with me. Watch this. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you might be saved. Uh-oh. You might be saved. What is it? Tell me. Will be saved. Is that a promise? Does it say your chances are good? Does it say 95%? Does it say 99.9%? It says you will. That means 100%. You confess with the Lord. Is Je- you confess the Lord Jesus. Believe you will be saved. If you do this, then I'll do that. So friends, we need to learn how to pray, pray covenant. Will be saved is a promise. So if we really want to see people walk into their death, so to speak, then we need to learn how to pray covenant and call upon the promises that God has made us to make good on His promise to save them if they choose to submit themselves to Christ. Yeah, friend, I know you're going to lose your life. I know you're not going to get to do all those things anymore. But God has offered a promise to save you and give you life. Past that. So we've got to learn to pray covenant. Lord, you said. So I put my trust in you to take care of it, Lord God. You see the gospel way back in the book of Nehemiah 1. You know those people, I'm a New Testament Christian. <laughs> You're missing so much. <laughs> I just showed you the gospel in Nehemiah 1. Nehemiah loved the part about following the Lord, but being killed for it, that's the part that scared him. This king, I turn, I'm in trouble. So I want you to remember how he prayed about that king. He said, grant me mercy in the sight of this man. Grant me mercy in the sight of this man. I think we need to teach people how to look past the fear of dying with Christ and that we are saved by Christ on the other side of that death. So if you're not comfortable with losing your old life to become saved by Jesus, 
then I'd like to suggest that you pray the same prayer that Nehemiah prayed and consider your king. I want you to consider your king, the king named Jesus, and say, Lord, grant me mercy in the sight of this man. Titus 3 and 4 says, When the kindness and the love of God, our Savior toward man, appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. Lord, I have a king, King Jesus. Show me mercy in the sight of this man. You can pray the same way Nehemiah did. This is intercession here. This is somebody getting between us and God. Jesus put himself between us and God. He got in between us and the wrath of God that God has for our sin. He got in the middle. He got between us. You ever seen two guys getting ready to scrap it out? And you jump in the middle and say, hey, hey, wait a minute. There's a difference going on. Let's resolve this. Jesus saw that we were in trouble. We were going to go scrap it out with God, and we were not going to win. God's wrath was going to demolish us. And Jesus got in the middle and said, I've got a solution. Let's deal with this. He got in the middle. He got in the middle as an intercessor for us. So you remember how Nehemiah confessed the sins of the whole nation of Israel. He confessed for everybody. Nehemiah got between the people of Israel and God to pray as their intercessor. Romans 8.34, who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. I'm so thankful beyond thankful that Jesus died on our behalf. Scripture even says that Jesus became sin for us. I was bad enough a guy as it was. Jesus became my sin so that he could die and pay my penalty penalty so I could get right with God. That is an intercessor. He gets between. So everybody says, I want to be like Jesus. Glad you said that. So if you want to be like Jesus, don't just pray for yourself. Certainly don't pray against people to pray them down. Even if they're committing sins that you would never do, if you want to be like Jesus, then you need to learn to pray on their behalf. Get in between them and God and pray for them. God's sending out people that understand the problem. We have to be intercessors. It's like when I was out to fix a radio problem. The boss didn't send anybody. He had to send somebody that got it, that understood what the problem was, who was empowered with how to fix it. So Nehemiah understood the problem. He had to get it before God could send him out to start fixing things on Israel's behalf on that wall that he was going to rebuild. So friends, Father God also had to send someone who understood our sin problem, someone who was empowered with how to fix it, and there was only one person that could do it. There was only one person that could get it done. God sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to fix our sin problem. Jesus got between us and God to pay our penalty. He died on our behalf according to God's covenant promises. There's a lot in covenant. We need to learn to pray that. Luke 22 and 20, Jesus said, this cup is the what? New covenant. It means he's making a binding promise with us. A new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. So friends, let's change our prayers, okay? 
I, I even found conviction in this one myself as I studied it through the week that I got to make some corrections. We need to pray confession not only of our own sins, but also on behalf of others. The ones that don't get it, the ones that aren't praying yet, we need to pray on for them. And even the authorities that we don't like, those sinners out there that I, you know, when you watch the news and your blood gets boiling because you, I just can't stand that guy. Let me give you a little red flag. The minute you can't stand somebody, that's a cue that you need to pray for them. Amen. Probably yourself too. <laughs> the wrath of man doesn't produce any righteousness at all. We should be praying covenant because it glorifies God's will. But guys, it requires our obedience. Nehemiah knew that. Lord, if we will turn to you, and if we will follow your commandments and do your ways, then we can pray your covenant. So friends, if you want God's peace and prosperity, I gave you the equation already. It requires our obedience first. Ray, if you do your chores, we'll go swimming later. Okay, friends, we've got to do our chores. We've got to do what God says. Well, I don't know what God wants me to do. We'll start reading the book. I don't understand the book. Just start. You don't have to understand everything. Just read something. Pick up the book. Go to John 1. Go for it, man. Come talk to me about it later. Ray, I didn't understand this. I'll sit with you. We'll talk it out. We should be praying covenant. We need to know what his covenants are because it glorifies God's will. It requires our obedience, but it also is what will bring you a tranquil and quiet life and all godliness and dignity. Do you want more peace in your life? I do. Who in here wants more trouble in their life than what they've already got? Please put your hand up. So that means you all want more peace. Well, good. I got you cornered, don't I? (laughs) Pray for your enemies. Pray for the sins of all. I didn't do it. Doesn't matter. Get in between them and God and be an intercessor because Jesus did it for you. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord God. We thank you for covenant salvation. Lord God, you didn't just say, I might save you. You said, I will. If you confess Jesus, I will save you. Lord, for anybody hearing me today in this room or on the radio or wherever, They're not liking that part about dying, giving up their old life. Lord, I ask you to drill it into them better than my words can do. Holy Spirit of God, penetrate into them and teach them to pray this. Lord God, I sinned. I'm guilty. I'm sorry. I realize it provoked your wrath. Thank you for sending Jesus to take the death penalty that was due on me. I give you my life. Yes, I understand that I'm being crucified right now. I'm dying to my old life. I cannot go back to it anymore. i got to leave it. But, Lord, I'm willing to leave it because I'm excited about where you have promised to take me. So, Lord, I'm leaving. I call upon your promise, your covenant promise. I'm calling on that. You said you'd save me. So, okay, I'll let go. I let go now, Lord God. Now I'm calling on your promise to do what you said you would do and bring me to eternal life. I'm praying covenant with you, Father. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Anyone, anywhere, at any time, if you prayed that prayer from your heart and you meant it, you're ready to leave your old life and die to your old self and walk a new life of Christ, according to the word of God that you read today, you just got saved right now. Now live for the Lord Jesus. Amen. You are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you. Do you believe it? Thank you for listening to Set for Life. 
We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.